afternoon, brothers and sisters. Sup, sluts. Welcome to the Missionary Podcast. I'm Sadie. I'm Maddie. And this is our mission. Mance. Sades. We're talking, today we're, hello. Oh, I'm so glad we started over. Oh. This feels much better. Sometimes you just have to know yourself and you just have to know that (laughs) you're not going to get back on. You just got to start over. Have you ever done improv? Sadly, yes. Okay, so have you ever had that feeling where you're like, there is no saving this? Every time I do improv. <laughs> and you're like, this is a flaming ship that is not only sinking, but everyone will burn alive before they drown. Would you rather burn alive or drown? Mm, drown? Seems seems quicker. What yeah. Probably drown. I if you said water. burn alive, I would be shocked. I'm a triple water, so... <laughs> And I pretend to know what that means. Astrology is like fun for me, but it is distant. I'm not like a an intense astrology gal, but I think it's fun and I like it. Same. But it is funny how much I kind of knock organized religion and how much I embrace hippy dippy like <laughs> spiritual culture. There's there's a lot. I do. Unpack. I would say that the like stark difference between a lot of religion and the hippy dippy is that the hippy dippy emphasizes the magic from within like listen to your own voice whereas a lot of organized religion is ignore that voice <laughs> and listen to this one and the voice usually sounds like this <laughs> i'm picturing an old, old mcdonald <laughs> <laughs> no old mcdonald's no, or he old McDonald's such as looks Zaddy. and sounds like McSteamy in my mind. <gasps> All the mix. We're <laughs> like opening. McDonald's, McSteamy. They're very similar in touch and approach. And success, honestly, in my mind. I think he's just doing really well. They're, they're both household names. Yeah. I do want to talk about the last episode because I... It's drilled into me Oh my god, for a now. second I thought you meant the last episode of Grey's Anatomy. No. <laughs> Go on. I'm not caught up, so no spoilers. <laughs> me neither. But no, I was talking about the episode of our <laughs> podcast. I was The Grey's Anatomy of <laughs> the, the Grey's Anatomy of podcast, if you will. Listening back, there's the, it's remind, I'm reminded of this like overwhelming feeling I have of being a missionary because when you're in the church it's it's on your mind a lot and you're like I want to represent myself in the world as a Mormon and present this information in like a really approachable way I want people to like it and also not feel threatened and not judged do what you want you know and then being on the other side of it I feel kind of a similar thing you so feel like you have to be perfect there's an element of like trying to be palatable to everyone and so the way I'm gonna handle that I think is just say a lot like I don't give a shit about anyone's feelings how about that whatever too far in one direction well the pendulum's gotta swing sometimes maybe I'll land back in the middle at some point but for now I'm just gonna be hard Grinch I like to start things with my insecurities and then we work from there well I think I think something that's fun about doing your own podcast is that you get to say whatever you want and you get to be honest today we're talking about fetishes kinks fantasies we figured why not just fucking jump right in. Also, because your name of your game is No Shame. 
yeah. the thing that everyone is the most shamed about would probably be their fantasies and oh, kinks. Yeah. And I feel like it's yeah. also helpful to start with a little definition. Do you know the difference between the three? Between fetishes, kinks, kinks and, and fantasies? fantasies? Well, I don't know if I could, like, articulate it. I'll tell you right now. Yeah, tell me right now. Fetish. <laughs> <laughs> also, fun fact, in the Mormon church, people give youth talks as, like, part of the main sacrament meetings. Anyone 12 and up can be asked to speak. You are given a topic, and you have to go up and give a talk in front of the congregation. A common way is Webster's Dictionary defines, you know. The wedding speech. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot like that. Anyway. Google's Dictionary defines fetish as an inanimate object worshipped for its supposed magical powers or because it's considered to be inhabited by a spirit. Um, you know, <laughs> wait. Um, wait, hold Sorry. on. I okay. Have I been wrong all along? No, I read, I read the wrong one. Okay. <laughs> hold on. That was good to know, but no. <laughs> Let me start again. Google's Dictionary defines fetish as a form of sexual desire in which gratification is linked to an abnormal degree, to a particular object, item of clothing, part of the body, etc. The example is Victorian men developed fetishes focusing on feet, shoes, and boots. What? Classic. I mean, feet, feet fetishes. We'll get into this, but it's the most common fetish. I would, yeah, I think, I, I would link this from someone. But like shoes and boots. Yeah. Wait. What do you know about foot fetishes? Well, okay. I have. I've actually looked this up because someone told me once that it's the most common fetish. Apparently, so in your brain, I'm going to butcher the fuck out of this. I was such an English and history gal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there, there are like wires that go from your body parts to your brain. The one that connects to your like genitals and the one that connects to your feet from your brain. In your brain, they're right next to each other mm. and sometimes cross. Uh-oh. So that's why it's the most common. Literally could be wrong, but I, I have done a little bit of Googling about that this. freaks me out. Well, if we're talking about like erotic zones. Seven. Seven. <laughs> yeah, the scene from Friends where we all learned about erotic zones. And we're still trying to figure out which ones. Or which. I mean, seven, I think we know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have a question that I am going to save for later. Okay. Oh, but com- coming it. back, yes. Because I have an answer. Back to Google's dictionary. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot. That's where we Google came from. defines kink as a sharp twist or curve in something that is otherwise straight. <laughs> okay, but actually, it is a bizarre or unconventional sexual preference or behavior. Bizarre. I feel like that's riddled with judgment. I would okay. agree. And then we're also looking at fantasy. And that would just be, I don't, do I need to define like Game that? of Thrones, Harry Potter. Sexual. sexual fantasy or erotic fantasy is a mental image or pattern of thought that stirs a person's sexuality and create or enhance sexual arousal. See, that's the one I'm into. I'm into. I love the idea of as well. stirs a person's sexuality. Love it. So this is easily tied into the Mormon perspective on these things because the female fantasy in the mormon world basically in my experience just like lives in film because there's so much like not Mm. experienced in the real in real time the fantasy world is the most exciting enticing and fictional before your friends get married like in college so every sunday you'd watch movies basically because you can't go buy things you're not supposed to you have to keep the sabbath day holy which included you no know, swimming certain activities so you end up watching a lot of movies 
And so you'd go to church, you'd come home, you'd either eat what you put in the crock pot, whatever you're going to bake, and then you'd you'd go over with your neighbors. So it'd be like a group of like six girls, basically, and you watch a movie. And the movies would be rom-coms or Disney movies because it's a safe bet. Like romantic comedies or like romantic films, I swear, shaped Mormon sexuality perception of my age. Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. The Notebook. Oh, Princess Bride is a real beloved Mormon film. Wow. And Twilight. Twilight <laughs> is, first of all, written by a Mormon, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Second of all, there's so much desire, but with so much purity. He wants to literally eat her and fuck her. Yeah. And he somehow controls those urges. <laughs> and that's like the fantasy of women is to just be so desired. I want to destroy you with sexual desire but i'm gonna keep you at arm's length and then like obviously pride and prejudice he just takes care of her pledges himself to, oh, you have bewitched me body and soul you know i haven't seen pride and prejudice and i haven't seen twilight and let me tell what? you it's because i wanted to read the books first but i never did okay except i don't care anymore but i read a hundred pages of twilight and i was like Ugh. We don't know he's a vampire yet. No, Get the, me out of here. The and then writing I just never finished it. The writing is not good, objectively. And then the spinoff of Twilight was Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey. I also didn't read, but I did just flip to all the sex scenes. I read all the sex scenes, but not. So the story. I had a friend actually. So I was the Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm going to school in Utah, living in Provo, living in BYU housing, active Mormon. My friend who wasn't Mormon from high school was working for some publisher or somebody who had access to the PDF of it. So she emailed me the PDF of Fifty Shades of Grey. And this was early in the phenomenon of A this. A gift for you. And I said, I'm not comfortable. I really was trying not to watch R-rated movies. and was doing my best, whatever. Like Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. Yeah, R-rated. It's a no Shame. No. So... I said this, and she was like, no, it's actually mostly a love story. There's only a couple sex scenes that you can skip past. <laughs> or skip two. So I me. started, yeah, if you're you. I got sucked to it, but mostly knew this is shit writing. And yeah. by the time it got really filthy, I cared too much about what happened to them as a couple that I was like, I have to finish this. And so I'd be sitting in public in Utah on campus, scrolling through my phone, like being so nervous that people would see that. Did you reading. get feelings in the downstairs? So many feelings. I was like, this is it. People need more books like this. <laughs> but I was also like, no one can see me read this. That world of media, low quality, high aggressive virginity that's the fantasy that's like built for a lot of my gender family. roles yeah a lot of gender roles it's really it really fits into the the mormon world it's the walk to remember that's in the same world the notebooks in the same world he'll love me so much he'll change his whole life and find god and then fuck the shit out of me that's the real fantasy it honestly as even a non <laughs> no someone who's never been mormon I relate to it also, is all I'm saying. Did, what are your current fantasies? I am in a place right now where I feel like I will, honestly, I'll try anything once, as long as it's not actively dangerous or scary. Although, like, I have experienced some of that. I have <laughs> fear. I've experienced some sexual well, fear. I guess we're going to get into it, huh? Yeah. Choking, for example, I don't hate it, but 
I want to have the illusion of not being in control, but I I want to ultimately have control at all times. If you escaped your body right now and had your carnal instincts kicking that you could actually kill You're me. You're like, I like to breathe. I'd like the risk of breathing. I like not to- breathing no, to not be there. I want to yeah. keep breathing. I don't, I don't think that's too much to ask, but I will say I just recently learned from a really surprising source that the best way to be choked is pressure on either side of the esophagus. So that, that kind of gives the illusion of a choke and it gives the sense of control, but there is no pressure on your actual like esophagus trait. That whole area is like pressure free. I think that's where consent comes in. I'm giving you a free pass for X, Y, and Z, but ultimately you define X, Y, and Z. Right. It's kind of like stage combat for all you actors out there. (laughs) I just, I like to account for error. But do you have an active fantasy? Do you sit around yeah. and think like, mm, the mailman's gonna, okay, he's I've... gonna save democracy and <laughs> s- <laughs> just go down on me Well, for I days. didn't before, but now I kind of <laughs> do. The closest thing I have is teacher, student mm. situation. I've always found that so hot because I think I always wanted yeah. to be the student that hooked up with my teacher. Yeah, professor, even though, how can I raise my grade? Right. I know I'm on like the curve. Like TA, but. hottie. I find that dynamic really sexy in theory. Is it because it's like frowned upon or because he's an authority figure? I think both of those things. I think there's also an element of an intelligence thing about it. You want to fuck me because I'm like smart. You're smart and you like picked me. Probably stems from baggage, but. We, here's, let me everything stop, does. Let me stop you right there. <laughs> there is no reason to unpack every fantasy ever no also if you don't want to because there are some that honestly you're like listen this one's on the nose but i need you to tell me <laughs> that you're proud of me <laughs> and that you are sad that you couldn't make it to my recital and then i want you to pet me and then i want you to fuck me we don't have to apologize for them. yes and they don't have to all be unpacked they're you're so th- right Sadie. my point is is that you can't weigh you shouldn't weigh kinks either no i agree some some you unpack and you're like oh well that one's even more embarrassing because it comes from a bad place and then there's some they're like no that one's a cool kink honestly you just don't worry about it amen Um, Amen. which by the way did you know that power slash rough sex multi-partner sex these are the most common fantasies adventure Mm, multi-partner sex that is that's interesting because i have had many experiences with that involve like multiple people at once and you've had multiple experiences with multiple people yes oh wow a couple some threesome situations anytime that comes up in conversation with somebody specifically men Mm -hmm. they really latch on to that they have like a one-track mind of how do we do that i want to do that i think most guys have a multiple sex fantasy well it's fun i think most like most people might this is such generalizations i think a lot of people the thing that's stopping them from having that fantasy is like oh i would be too jealous like i'd be too insecure yeah etc so be it but it's definitely it's definitely a common one it also exists um in a lot of religious aspects multi-partner do we need to even address it you tell me because there's polygamy okay (laughs) we don't need to it's not necessarily obviously the whole practice isn't based in like a sexual premise but multiple partners Mm. it's a thing well 
Okay, can mm-hmm. I actually ask you a question about mm-hmm. this? You want the, what do you want? I don't know, I just guess uh, it's interesting to talk about. The I mean, it's interesting. It was stressful when I was like 12 because polygamy to a degree still exists. If you died in this life and your husband was alive, he could get remarried and sealed to someone else. Whereas if the reverse happened and I was alive and my husband died, I could get civilly married to another man, but I couldn't be sealed to another man. You can only be sealed to one man. And that's like an after you die thing, right? Yeah. And then men can be sealed to multiple women. I remember being at girls camp. We were 12 and we're like laying out on the grass, looking at the stars. Classic girls camp. It's a church camp. And we'd be laying out there and we were all like, man, if I die young, I really hope my husband doesn't get remarried. Really, it's just a bummer because then if they get remarried, then in the celestial kingdom, you have to spend time with this new woman. Or women, depending on what happens for all eternity. What would the difference be if women could do it too, you know? I know, it, it would be very different. Mm-hmm. Ironically enough, there's a huge swingers subset in Salt Lake. That's hot. Huge community. There's different things you put on your porch to signify like that you're involved. There's oh like, God. it is an underground community of just moms and dads who fuck their neighbors, basically. Love thy neighbor. Yes. Like, blow thy neighbor, more like. Unbelievable. I love that. There's a lot of underground weird stuff going on. This brings me to a point about fantasies that I think is worth talking about, which is there's private fantasies that are just for you, that you sit in your little, you sit in your little chair, and you sip your little drink. <laughs> what are you drinking? Oh, it's whiskey neat, honey. Whiskey neat. You're drinking your whiskey neat. I'm just drinking a Kirkland brand sparkling water. And you're just thinking about your little fantasy and you go, mm, that's nice. And it's just for you. That's a private fantasy. Yeah. Then there's the ones you share. You go to your partner, partners, whoever may be, and you say, you know what I've been thinking about? I want you to come over and that mask that that guy wore and scream. I want you to have sex with me in the garage, whatever it may be. But in reality, you're like, no, we don't have a garage, and I don't want you to be weird. Like, don't do that. But you want to talk about it. (laughs) And then there's the ones that you actually act out with your partners, partner. Having the differentiation, I think, is important, too, because some fantasies, having them, I think, doesn't mean they need to live. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, it's also about having a safe space to bring them to life, you know? Like, for example, there's one fantasy that someone that I, I already knew had, and it was very clear that, like, this person had 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 this fantasy for a long time and hadn't had an outlet for it. And we mm-hmm. were, like, having, like, a friendly, you know, flirty, titillating conversation about, like, fantasies one night. And I was, like, very open about talking about them or whatever. Love that. And later in the night, he came to me mm-hmm. with his fantasy that he, he didn't feel comfortable sharing with the group. And he was, like... So before he didn't share the details of it, and you were like, I'm a beacon of safety and positivity. Exactly. And then he (laughs) came to you with the details. He came to me later with the details, and and I was like, you just need, like, a safe space. You need someone who's not going to judge you, and, like, that's, like, whatever. And he was like, well, like, I feel like you wouldn't judge me. And I was like, you're right, I wouldn't. This was feet, wasn't it? It wasn't feet. In fact... One of the few that wasn't feet. <laughs> no, it was like a power dynamic situation. It was like caretaker and nurse and patient situation. Kind of similar. I won't get into the details, but like 
that is it for his protection or for your embarrassment for his protection love it it was it was delightful and it was like really fun for me and I remember after I could feel how like big of a deal that that was for this person to be able to like have the space to live out that fantasy honestly you're a healer (laughs) I'm not also like I'm not trying to toot my own horn at all I think there are so many people that would have been a safe space for him I just think he probably felt so much shame that he hadn't shared it with many people before. I'm sure most people would have had the reaction that you I had. You would have been a wonderful old, wonderful old West madam. <laughs> I, I do have the boobs for it. My, like, first encounter with fantasies, honestly, was just... I was broke doing the dumb stuff that you do when you're acting. Commercial, weird, for free auditions, stuff like that, that you're like, this is the worst. Anyway... But, and you're in acting classes and stuff, and one of my friends who was in the same exact boat, we were looking at so many different avenues to save money and earn money and side gigs. And at one point, I was at her apartment, and she was like, okay, my boyfriend's not here, so I can tell you this. <laughs> I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> any story that's about to follow is going to be exciting. And she was like, I sell my shoes on ebay that okay can you give me her number <laughs> so she showed me this and the, our, her roommate also had like a profile and there's a whole section on ebay for well-worn shoes because on ebay they flag you if you're like hey fuck my shoes <laughs> they'll flag it and be like you can't do that here we're here to sell some stuff but if you put i've got these well-worn shoes they're really really smelly and they're dirty and grimy from years of being worn by my feet with red toenail polish and they're disgusting. $75 for the pair. <laughs> like 100%. People buy them. Yeah. In COVID, everyone's got an OnlyFans and everyone's like, this is all like certain levels of this type of sex work are normalized. But my first exposure to it, being broke and wanting to hustle, I was like, I would sell my shoes for $75 for my old flats. Yeah, by the way, flats are like gold because they're disgusting. <laughs> and just like the about pinky toe, there's a hole. Or the- <laughs> just so gross and people love them. And if you think about what's happening when the shoes are like arrive, like just don't do that, you know, but um, yeah. or do. Maybe or, that's like, exciting. Whatever. But I never ended up doing it. But in my head, I had well, decided I was like, this world makes sense. People will pay. We can make this money, honey. My feet maybe are worth something. It is, like, a really interesting arena of, like, sex work. Even selling, like, your dirty underwear and stuff like that. Yeah. It's but a it's specific a... object-focused kink. Mm-hmm. I have never experienced that side mm-hmm. that I know of. Have you experienced the world-famous <laughs> foot fetish? So, no, I've never been with anyone who was foot fetishy. I had one guy who, like, it was leaning that direction, and it was so early in my world of like being sexually active I remember being like I need to cut this off ASAP because I don't know how to handle it (laughs) so he had been kind of like oh your feet are really nice and I was like get away you weren't there yet no this was very early in my in my days of being sexually active Mm -hmm. and then um have I had someone put my toes in their mouth yes was it mostly hilarious for me yes have you had someone suck your toes Mm -hmm. were you into it I wasn't not into it did you ever have to do the foot job? Mm-hmm. Gosh. And, like, I've sent pictures of the soles of my feet, that type of thing. 
But my my so thing is like I'm not into feet. It doesn't so it doesn't affect me. I feel so separate from it that it reminds me of that my strange addiction episode of the guy who used to have sex with his car the pleasure that i will derive from it will be the fact that i'm giving you pleasure uh, can i tell you a mormon kink i i was literally just gonna ask you about that Sorry, okay <laughs> one of my friends who's married in the temple both her and her husband wear garments they're very like active mormons they're like fantasy moment that they have when things are getting like steamy and they're kind of fooling around, they're getting into foreplay, and they're gearing up for sex, her husband will say to her, oh, am I going to have to tell my bishop about this? (laughs) That's hot. (laughs) Are we being so bad? A lot of my friends who married in the temple again, like virgins at marriage, and so were their husbands, swearing during sex. That's when you know it's popping off. Like, he's like, oh, shit. They're like, oh, because you don't swear in a real I was going to say, life. like, real swears or... So, like, when you're... Yeah, no, not the flip. <laughs> that dries me up real fast, thinking about someone saying, like, oh, flip during sex. Changes my Raisins mind. Raisins down yeah, there. Yeah, just... Kinks are, like, all the rage in, in among Mormons. So kinks, because of our definition, just reminding me, it's a sharp turn in the road. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of power play. I've had friends who, like, as a wedding gift from friends, get sex swings, which is crazy because you're looking at two virgins and you're like, here's a sex swing. Like, it's, there's a, which, how, how to use it. How to use, we don't know. But, and toys aren't necessarily as, that, that might have changed already, but when, when I was in the church, there was a lot of, like, toys weren't. Um, encouraged as much. A lot of lube, lots of play, do whatever you want, like get wild, like. Love that. But once you're married. But um, there wasn't like a ton of like toy stuff. Solo play is discouraged from day one. So that's like not a, that's not a thing. Yep. Yep. Which that's the other side of all kinks is shame, right? So. (laughs) I was going to say it's such a shame. Yeah. I had one friend like ask me before her wedding night, this is so funny because I was a virgin at the time. What do I need to know about jizz? Didn't know like what would happen, where it came from, what happens with it. I have no idea what's about to happen, and yet I own a sex swing. That's the case growing up in the church, obviously, and I think it's amplified probably growing up in the church. Um, not knowing, like, I'm about to experience jizz for the first time. What do I do? What is it? You know, what is it? But that's also the case growing up not in the church. It's it's a it's also a flaw in our sex ed, you know, yeah. in just the way we raise sexualized people yeah. in You're, this society. In, yeah, your body's not meant to be touched, and then all of a sudden, know everything about pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> just know it. Yeah, the first time I experienced jizz, I was like, oh, okay, that's what that is. Which is so funny because it's completely eliminated from sex scenes and. Seen mm-hmm. in the notebook. I mean, they finish at the same time. And I then mean, come on. There's no fluid in sight. <laughs> and you're just hoping and thinking that's that's probably what's going to happen. This is slightly different, but like, I'm sorry. We are told that we need to pee after sex so we don't get a UTI and you never see. Someone pee. Someone pee. Very important step. Yeah. Um, or waddle, like waddle to the bathroom yeah. to then pee, but. 
I'm trying to think if I've seen anyone lay there and get wiped off, though. I've definitely right. seen that. That's... Only recently, because that's, that's a relatable thing where you're just, like, immobilized. <laughs> it's so true. waiting for the towel. You're just... They're, like, dealing with themselves, and you're, yeah. like... Deliver the towel. A mummy just waiting to... So you don't get it on anything. Yeah. How do you feel about dirty talking? Again, depends on everything depends on the person, but I am a big fan. I feel like most of the time it stems from like the feeling of being desired, mm-hmm. which I really mm-hmm. I'm, I, that's one of my sexual love languages is just that 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 passion. So because of that, I can handle I, I can handle some dirty talk. But then there's the other side of me that loves a joke, loves a funny moment. And if the dirty talk leans in a direction, guess who's giggling? (laughs) Laughing during sex is, like, underrated, I think. (laughs) Um, Do you have an example, or would you like to just brush on past that? So I do have an example. I had really wanted to experience dating someone older, and so I had this experience with this man, and it was just comedy from the first moment (laughs) until the last moment, and... I'm picturing Chevy Chase. He will literally never hear this, and I have no shame. He is a soap opera actor, and he was nominated for an Emmy when we were hooking up. And by the way, you'll never be able to Google it. There are a million soap opera actors, and a million of them have been nominated for daytime Emmys. Anyway, very attractive. And mm, what kind of energy? I don't know how to describe the energy, because part of him was you're like you're unpredictable and then the other half was he was very centered and grounded and whatever so it was a mix we had this experience and he loved to talk (laughs) dirty (laughs) he said i remember at the time thinking am i gonna notice our age difference like that was kind of what i thought going into it so when i made all these first moves i made these initiations because he was very nervous he was basically like i'm really uncomfortable with our age difference and i was like great that actually makes me feel more safe with you knowing i'm not one of many there's some there's some kind of special connection here whatever i go in to kiss him and i'm like is this gonna feel weird because i was ready to leave at any point and i was like actually no there's a there's something there's something here that's nice and comfortable and so we get into it and he starts narrating what's happening. And I think in my head, there it is. There's the age difference. Because he was narrating the different moments of things. Like, oh, you're going to take off your bra. You know, like things like that. That was like, okay, this, I, in my head, I was like, I don't think I, it's this like, would happen. It feels very younger. film noir. It was, I was thinking the whole time, this is something about your age, like for sure. But then in the moment, there were some of them that landed with me. He said to me, actually, what's funny is that I'm embarrassed about telling this story. And yet I was, I've written it to be put on stage before COVID. Like I was going to sit and do a, do a whole retelling of it live. So it's funny that I'm embarrassed about it now. But he, while undressing me, like said something. He goes, oh, look at that. You're naked. It's like, okay. And then he goes, that's a pretty pussy. And I was like, ooh. (laughs) So, and that's one that I I do share that hoping like other people pick up on that because it, it, 
was nice. Like it That's... wasn't, it was based in a compliment too, which I also think is a sign of maturity. It's nice to have just like a confident man be like, yeah, you're hot and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do some stuff to you. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty pussy is one that I've. That's great. I think that that is a theme in intimacy and sex is that people aren't actually judging you and like sizing you up and like looking and looking at your body in a critical way they're just happy to be having sex 100% and I've also noticed that even platonically like I've seen friends naked and never thought like anytime I've seen a friend in like different states of undress I've never thought a critical thought exactly in reality, when you see people undressed, you're more likely to compliment. That's a, also a Mormon tradition is showing off your lingerie before you get married. So right before, yeah. So right before the <laughs> wedding, your closest friends get to see you try on all the lingerie that you've been given. And you all sit around and basically just say, like, which ones are the sexiest and, like, which ones are great. And you sit for the first time because, again, modesty is it's a very important value for women in the church so you see your friend in like an outfit you've never seen them in just garter whole thing and you're like wow you're so sexy there's no critical thought of any kind that's amazing also i just want to quote you all the lingerie they've been given which is a lot you get for a wedding gift yeah you get a lot because all your girlfriends are like you're gonna have sex the first time that's what I'm saying. It's the first time. Here's a sex swing. Here's some garters and shit. Wow. You know what? I didn't get anything when I left the church. <laughs> right? no I've been hooking up it. with these people with Converse and bralettes. Granny panties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so before we go, Maddie. Talk dirty to me, Sadie. Let's do a little, let's do our closing segment. I like to call... Unguilty pleasure. Mm. Why don't you Why don't you tell me a little a little something that you don't feel shame about? I like a little spank moment, and you don't feel guilty about it. No, I don't because listen, I don't know what it does physiologically, but it gets me going, and do I you, I like it. Do you like the spank to be separated from other activities or incorporated? In oh, incorporated, huh. uh, like a when it makes sense like uh logistically tying this back to 50 shades of gray do you know that like that's why they broke up was because he mm-hmm. wanted to spank her yeah, and she of didn't want to be spanked. no but didn't he want to like like i'm in not, the I, book he just wanted to spank the shit out of her i don't want to have like intense marks on my body the next day Got maybe it. just like a little bit of redness like well, not super intense i just want like a little and you don't feel shame moment. you don't feel shame about it no i don't don't. Do you want to know something that's my unguilty pleasure? Yes. Non-alcoholic drinks. Oh, we're talking about not sex-related. I'm just going pleasure? unguilty. You can go guilty. You can oh. go. Oh. I've already, said, I've already said some sex stuff. I'm just going something I don't feel guilty about that I enjoy is not being drunk at everything. That's great. And I just want to put that out because it's a lot of pressure and a lot of shame thrown around people who, like, don't drink. Or, like, if you're sober. And honestly, sometimes I prefer it. 
And I don't want to. I don't want to hear it. Is what I'm saying. I think that's great. What is your favorite non-alcoholic beverage? Water. Listen. Besides I, water, you goody two shoes. <laughs> it's not even I'm that. Just kidding. It's not even that I don't like alcohol. I enjoy drinking and will happily have a drink with a friend or whatever the occasion may be. I I think I for a while would just be like, yeah, I'll have I'll hold a beer. You know what? I hate beer. It's not that I hate the flavor. I, I feel awful. Okay, and I'm just gonna double down on that because I don't think any person ever living has ever felt great after drinking a beer, and I'm I'm gonna put my name on that. I feel like there's so much pressure just just have a beer. Hey, just have a beer. Just hold a beer. Just yeah. hold this beer and pretend like you're drinking it. And for a while, I did that, and I'm like, you know what? No, I'm gonna hold whatever I want to hold. I love that, Sabi. Yes. But Amen. you know what? I do think White Claw makes it easier. It does. It definitely <laughs> does. Because it's, a, it's essentially a, just a fancy water. I know. I know. White Claw's dangerous. I already feel like a square saying it. No. No. But no, I'm not. The point of this is to not feel guilty. I don't feel guilty. Yeah, there you go. When I was in the church and people would shame other members of the church for drinking, I would always try to defend them and be like, hey, listen, let them make their choice. And then when I left the church and everyone would shame me for not drinking, I was like, this is bullshit. This can't be both ways. No. Let her live. Let her live. Let her live. As I say that, you know what? You know what sounds good right now? A non-alcoholic beverage? No. A beer? No. (laughs) I'm going to stop guessing. They're dead to me. (laughs) White Claw. Oh, for sure. But you know what? It's your choice to drink that white cloth. No one's trying to peer pressure you into it. And on that note, thank you for listening. Refreshments will be served in the cultural hall. Now, go touch yourselves. The Missionary Podcast is hosted by Sadie Blasucci and Madeline Charton. Original music by Madeline Charton. Produced by Shannon Egan. Please like, subscribe, and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at missionarypodcast or visit our website at missionarypodcast.org. That's right, we're an org. <laughs>